Good morning. It's great to be back with you. Um, and uh, we are studying Joshua and Romans um, in a short study. Uh, those two books fit together. And uh, as so much of the Bible does, it's amazing the, the connections God will give us. So I encourage you to read the Old Testament and the New Testament together as the handiwork of God. He had in mind the uh, New Testament before the foundation of the world. He knew all about Adam and Eve and the failure of the Israelites. And he also knew all about the, the cross of Christ and the resurrection from the dead. And uh, hallelujah. It all fits together because he's doing a great work to bring him glory. God's good. God's good. And he's called us into a life of creativity with him. We get to share in his working the new creation in these days as we allow the Lord to prophesy through us through word and deed. So we're studying uh, Joshua. We looked last time at Joshua chapter 2 in the salvation of Rahab the harlot and her whole family. It doesn't matter what your past is. What matters is God's future for you. Leave the past behind and focus on the future. One of the great contrasts is Rahab, the city she was living in, fell under judgment, and she and her family was saved. In contrast, the woman at the well in uh, the Gospel of John, John chapter 4, she was saved, and so was her whole village. Isn't the new covenant wonderful? Praise God. Uh, it's a picture of the promise of the new covenant where Jesus desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let's look back at Joshua chapter 1. We started our study in Joshua chapter 2, but let's fall back for a minute for on Joshua chapter 1 at verse 1. Uh, we're studying this time faith. Uh, if this message were to have a title, it would be crossing the Jordan by faith. Uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God. But he also says he gives all believers the same spirit of faith. Oh, hallelujah. So we have the same spirit of faith as Joshua himself had as an old covenant prophet. We have the same spirit of faith. And uh, as it is written, as I hear, therefore I speak, therefore we also hear and we also speak. That's what Paul said to the Corinthian believers. So you too can hear from the Holy Spirit. You can speak uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can live and walk by the Holy Spirit, and it will transform your life. He, w he will fill you with joy. It is the most exciting thing to be led by the Spirit. And let's see how it works. It works by faith. Joshua chapter 1 at verse 1. Now, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Of course, his name is Yeshua. In other words, if it were written here in Greek, he spoke to Jesus. So here's this man whose name it means God saves. And he's a uh, his whole life, his whole name, his whole calling is a prophecy of the coming of Christ, the true king who will bring the new kingdom over the whole world one of these days. Do you know your name almost certainly has great prophetic meaning? I encourage you to go look up the meaning of your name, and ask God, what does it mean? What's his calling for your life? What purpose does he want to fill, fulfill in you? Uh, he spoke, verse 1, to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, 
Notice that Joshua had been Moses' servant for years and years and years. There's nothing like serving a man of God. Uh, John Dunn has been doing that uh, with Rick Bonfin. To some degree, I have too. Uh, John's been full-time. I'm uh, not full-time, but we both have uh, felt called to serve Pastor Rick. And it changes you as you serve someone whose life is devoted to serving the living God. It, it transforms you. Moses my servant is dead. I encourage you, by the way, to ask God to raise up spiritual mentors for you. I did that, and he overwhelmed me, overwhelmed me with men 10, 15, 20, 25 years older than me. I have a multitude of them that have so blessed my life. I finally got to a place in my 40s where I was teachable. I hope you'll get teachable quicker than that. Verse 2, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross the Jordan, this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea, that's the Mediterranean Sea, toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. There's one of the descriptions of the so-called Holy Land. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Do you know that's true about you and me, too, regarding Jesus' kingdom purposes? If you're walking with the Lord, he's winning even when it looks like he's losing. Do you hear me? I said he's winning even when it looks like he's losing. The devil thought he was up on God when Jesus got crucified. And it turned out the devil had been finally and completely defeated at the cross. God wasn't defeated. He had won. Praise God. He always wins. Praise God. The question is, are you going to be winning with him? I'm going to serve the Lord. How about you? Verse 6. Here's how you do it. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which which uh, I swore to their fathers to give them. So God had promised to give them this land, and he's saying, Joshua, through your leadership, your strength, your courage, it will happen. That's God's promise. I wonder if God's got promises for you and me. Yes, he does. I encourage you to go through the word of God and find general promises uh, that are for you and your family. Also, seek the Holy Spirit and ask him to show you the promises he has in your life, and he will start unfolding them. Uh, one thing will lead to another. Rick Bonfim can testify to a lifetime of just obeying in the next thing, and the next thing leads to the next thing, and sometimes it opens up, uh, opens up a big wide door, and I'm seeing that in my own life. Just do the thing in front of you, even if it seems kind of small to you. You never know. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Faith takes courage, folks. The devil and the world and other people uh, will throw a thousand things at you telling you it won't work. Uh, and when you're in that position, you're almost certainly in the center of the will of God because God's actions require God-sized activity, things we can't do on our own. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success or good success. 
Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Now, this is a place where we need to distinguish between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. If you go to Matthew chapter 13, I think it may be verse uh, 44, 45, 46, something like that. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a scribe of the Old Covenant, uh, a householder. Uh, he says, a scribe of the Old Covenant is like a householder who brings out of his possessions both things new and old. So uh, a scribe of the Old Covenant who becomes a disciple of the kingdom is like a householder who brings out of his possessions both things old and new. There I finally got to it. And the point is there are things in the New Covenant that are profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness that the man or woman of God might be mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. But you have to rightly divide the word. And uh, so you're not earning anything in the new covenant. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one may boast. By the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. Uh, it's by grace. Uh, but when God's law becomes your truth, oh, uh, it's by practicing God's truth, our senses are trained to discern good and evil. So I want you to think about when you set out to obey the Lord and please him, to love the Lord, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, the Bible says if you want to love the Lord, then you need to obey his commandments. Uh, ask the Lord, I want to be obedient to you. I want to serve you and love you. Think of it as Jesus saying, hey, come take a walk with me and hold my hand and walk with me. And as you try to obey, you're simply just holding Jesus's hand and walking with him. You're not earning anything. He's giving you something. He's giving you Life, he promises, he who has my commandments and keepeth them, he's the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved of my father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. So as you set out to obey, you just say, Jesus, I want you to reveal yourself to me more and more and more in my heart. That's what we're doing. And it's you can pray for courage. There's an interesting mystery to the to the gospel in Psalm 27. If you get to the last verse, I think it's maybe Psalm 27:14. I'm not open to that spot right now. But in the King James, it says, uh, "Let your heart take courage, and then God will strengthen your heart." Praise God! So you determine I am going to be courageous, even if I'm afraid. I'm going to trust God and obey Him, and then He promises, as you step out, He'll strengthen your heart. Well, let's see how this works quickly in Joshua. Chapter 3, this is how faith always works. It's how how it worked with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's how it worked with Joshua and the Israelites here. Uh, Joshua chapter 3. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, chapter 3, and he and all the sons of Israel set out from Shittim and came to the Jordan. They lodged there before they crossed. Now, they've gotten the encouragement of Rahab the harlot. So God will encourage you. He'll He'll give you confirmation. Yes, he put on Joshua's heart, Jericho. It's a Jericho, Joshua. That's the entry point. And uh, so he sent out two spies wisely. They come back with a good report and uh, the confirmation of Rahab. At the end of three days, verse 2, the officers went through the midst of the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. That is the same as the scarlet cord because the Ark of the Covenant was the law 
covered by the uh, covering with the angels, the cherubim, and blood is sprinkled on it. The Passover lamb's blood. And so we can't carry out the law perfectly. We must be under the blood. That's that scarlet cord that Rahab trusted. However, and so that's what leads you. You're led by the blood, by the mercy of the Lord. And we're always walking under his mercy and giving his mercy. However, there shall be between you and at a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Praise God, we're under the new covenant. The veil's been torn and we can come boldly into the throne room of God. Back here, they could not. Uh, but Jesus has been crucified, dead, buried, raised again. And we, under the blood, can come into the very throne room of God. Hallelujah. Let's never forget what a privilege that is. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I encourage you uh, to walk in consecration, but uh, take some time, uh, you know, each day to set yourself apart consciously to be a servant of the Lord and ask him for a fresh heart cleansing by the power of his Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus. Ask him if there's anything you need to bring to light, if there's any uh, hidden faults, the uh, little foxes that spoil the vine and the hidden snares of the fowler. And God will, if, uh, if there's something he's working on, he'll bring it to light. But then you get up and walk by faith. You, you're not constantly worrying about, are you consecrated? You uh, endeavor to intentionally begin the day in consecration set apart from the Lord, and then you walk by faith. You, you walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot constantly walking fearful that you're going to fall into sin. That's not how he calls you to walk. We're told in Romans 8 to set our minds on the things above, set our minds on the things of the Spirit. Holy Spirit of God, what it is, what is it you want me to do today? I often pray, Holy Spirit of God, give me the words you want me to pray and say today. Show me the good works that the Father's prepared for me to walk in before the foundation of the world. Send me people who want to know you or know you better, you want to touch in some way through me, that you want to help through me, or send me to those people. And then watch and wait for God to answer that prayer, because he always answers kingdom-focused prayers. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. He'll he'll add everything else to you, won't he? Praise God. Amen. Verse 6, And Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over ahead of the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant, and went ahead of the people. Now the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. You shall moreover command the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand uh, still in the Jordan. Then Joshua said to the sons of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will assuredly dispossess from before you the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Hivite, the Perizzite, the Gergesite, the Amorite, and the Jebusite. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you into the Jordan. Now then, take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one for each tribe. It shall come about when the soles of the feet of the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the, the, the Lord of the, all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan will be cut off 
and the waters which are flowing down from above will stand in one heap. That's prophecy, folks, that God's going to part the waters for uh, the Israelites to walk through. But the, the waters were in the spring. They were at flood stage. So it was a bit of a frightening thing for these priests to set their feet in a, uh, a river that's out of its banks and flowing and at flood tide. Uh, that's easy to read about now, but when you're actually doing it or to step out of a boat during a serious storm on the sea, as Jesus called Peter to do, easy to read about, difficult when you're the one going through it. But will God honor our prophetic words? Yes, he will. So seek the Lord and his will, and it doesn't matter what the storm looks like. The devil will try to get you to jump off the pinnacle of the temple Jesus calls you to walk on the water. How can you tell the difference? Uh, because one serves kingdom purposes with a heart of love, compassion, grace, healing. The other serves the vainglory of man. Be wary of anything that could puff you or me up. It's so easy to fall into that, and you can find yourself jumping off the pinnacle of the temple. We don't want to do that. But if you're seeking to serve the Lord, and bring blessing and serve other people and be a foot washer like Jesus was, uh, you will never falter. And so uh, is God still moving in this way? I was on a prayer call recently with a wonderful Christian lady that's in ministry up in New York City. And she just commented about just how oppressive it's gotten in New York City right now. It's We all know about that. I don't need to dwell on it. But she was feeling downcast. She had gone to church and had taken a visitor and they wouldn't let the, the child, the visitor in because they hadn't pre-registered because of COVID. And it was just depressing, you know, and she was down. And so at the end of the prayer, prayer call, there a group of us on, the Lord said to me, you need to pray for this nice lady and encourage her and exhort her. And so the Lord gave me a prayer. How did I learn how to do that? Well, hanging out with Rick Bonfin, that's how I learned how to do that. I could hear the Lord tell me you need to pray for her. And I wasn't leading the prayer meeting, and I waited till the meeting was finished. And so I asked, can we pray for this person? Everyone said yes. And the Lord gave me a word. And one of the things I prophesied was that God would send her specific people this coming week that would encourage her. She texted me on the following, I think it was Wednesday, that she had had multiple people that had come and encouraged her. And she knew it was from the Lord. It was a fulfillment of that prophetic word the Lord had given me. Well, will he only do it for me? Will he only do it for Rick Bond? No, he wants to do that through everybody. So ask the Lord, Lord, I want to prophesy and encourage and exhort other people. Teach me to recognize what you're doing and how you want me to jump in. And that fulfillment of that prophecy in her heart led her to uh, reach out to me to pray for a relative who had gotten a horrible diagnosis. That opened the door where I, the Lord says, send her a letter about he, uh, divine healing, because I was pretty sure she really didn't know too much about it. So uh, I put together a two-page letter and sent her some verse sheets and just some of the healings that I've seen, not just things I've done, just other friends that have gotten revelation and received healing by doing things like interceding for others. I have a friend that was miraculously healed of a uh, autoimmune disease after several years because the Lord gave him the revelation from Job that as you pray for your friends, you'll be healed. So he started faithfully doing that, and he had all sorts of huge swellings in his body and everything. One morning he woke up totally healed because he had been interceding 
for others, and God used that to change his heart. Somebody shout hallelujah. He's still doing amazing things. Verse 14, so when the people set out, from that's what I mean about one door leads to another. I just obeyed what the Lord told me, and then this led to an opportunity to share about healing, and I don't know where all of it goes, don't you see? Verse 14, so when the people set out from their tents to cross the Jordan with the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and when those who carried the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priest carrying the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks all the days of harvest. The waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap a great distance away at Adam or Adam, the city that is beside Zarathan. And those which were flowing down towards the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. So the people crossed opposite Jericho. And the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel crossed on dry ground until all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Then in the next chapter, they set up memorial stones. Why? Because the devil will try to steal the miracle, guys. You think, there's no way I could forget that. You'd be surprised, and you'll get into another situation and feel like this is impossible, and you'll have a faint memory of God having brought you through before, but you think it's not going to work this time. No, it is going to work. Praise God. It's by faith. Because it's in accordance with grace, so the promise will be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are the faith of Abraham, who's the father of us all. But it's not faith in your faith. It's faith in God. So you have to be in the position of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that said, Our God is able and he will, O king. From this fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow the knee to your gods. Hallelujah. Don't you see it? And so St. Stephen was stoned to death. Ah, but the heavens were open and he imitated Christ. Uh, God always wins. And he said, Father, do not hold this sin against them, Lord. And the heavens were open and Jesus, who's usually seated at the right hand of God, was standing up, I believe, in honor of Stephen's faith in Christ. And we had a replay of the cross of Christ. Did it matter? Yeah. Saul of Tarsus was there watching it, and I believe that was the beginning of him becoming the Apostle Paul. So God always wins, even when it looks like he's losing, he wins. Our part of it is to act in faith in accordance with his promise and trust in the mystery of the gospel, that he's going to sort this whole thing out, uh, and it's going to bring him glory and accomplish his purposes and fulfill his calling. Paul said the same thing in Philippians Two, this will, uh, Philippians 1, this will help you as if you have a healing battle going on right now. Paul was locked up in house arrest in Rome, and he said he was certain. Uh, he was sure that by their prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Christ that he would be delivered from the bondage. Uh, he was convinced of it. He said in Philippians 1, 19, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.19, according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything. But with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. I was praying for a family member uh, uh, 
the beginning of this year who was dying. And actually, the Lord had revealed to me that he was going to die. Uh, but he had me praying for healing. Praise God. And, uh, and the prayer I ended up praying over him the last uh, two weeks of his life was that very prayer right there, that he not be put to shame in anything, whether by life or by death. Christ would be glorified. And he came to Christ about 11 days before he died. Hallelujah. 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 And I believe, I know it, God's going to use that salvation to reach many, many others of my extended family. Amen. Let me close with this. Romans, this is a comparison study between Joshua and Romans. And those who know me know, talk to my wife, I can go on forever. I won't do that. But um, my son always says, Dad, how long is this going to take? But Romans 4, 5, and 10 are great chapters of faith that go along with uh, Joshua uh, 3, which we've just read, 1 and 3. Um, and Abraham prophesied. Uh, it was written, his name was a father of many nations. It was changed from a father of nations to a father of many nations. Abraham, again, your name has great significance. Verse 17 of Romans 4, in the presence of him whom he believed, that is in the presence of God, even God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. Listen, that's what we're called to. When God gives you a calling, Rick bumped him. I'm going to Cuba. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to minister in Cuba. It doesn't matter what impediments have been put before us. Rick gets to Cuba. Because that's what he's been called to do in these days. Well, he's God's got the same kind of callings for you to work with other ministries or Rick Bonfim ministries and in your individual dealings. And when you know God's called you to something, you stick with it and keep speaking it forth. I will complete what God's called me to do, whether by life or by death, Lord. I'm not going to be put to shame or cut short in anything, but I ask that you be glorified. In this healing battle, Lord, you're the healer. I pray, God, that whether by life or by death, you would receive your maximum glory. And I'm believing you're giving me life and strength and vitality each day to serve you until my days are complete. That's a great healing prayer. And it puts all the pressure on God and none on you. Because it's not a test of how great your faith is. Jesus said, faith like a mustard seed was plenty. Amen. And then lastly, Romans 10, which is a play off of Deuteronomy 30. I include, encourage you to read Deuteronomy 30, where uh, uh, Moses prophesies the Holy Spirit. Uh, Deuteronomy 36, he predicts the Israelites will fail. But then at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, he says, Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart when he gathers the Israelites from All over the world where they're scattered, which he prophesies, he will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul so that you may live. It never was really about physical circumcision. That was a sign. It was about the coming of the Holy Spirit because without him, it's impossible. But with him, everything's possible. And then the Lord said, A little farther down uh, at verse 11 of of, uh, Deuteronomy 30, for this commandment, which I command you today, and there's a lot of stuff in there about blessings and curses. I encourage you to go back and look at it, Deuteronomy 26 through 30, and claim some of it for your own as the Holy Spirit leads. 
for verse 11, for this commandment which I command you today is not too difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. It's not in heaven that you should say he will go up to heaven for us to get it for us and make us hear it that we may observe it, nor is it beyond the sea that you should say who will cross the sea to get it for us and make us hear it that we may observe it. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may observe it. And he says, I set life before you. Well, in Romans 10, Paul takes that verse and amplifies it. uh, And he says, verse four of Romans 10, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. And if you're trying to earn your righteousness and your salvation, it's like trying to jump over the Atlantic Ocean. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? Quoting Deuteronomy 30, that is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, man believeth, person believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, a person confesses, resulting in salvation. For whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. As Paul said to the Philippian jailer, he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household is not based on works we've done. It's based on the promise of God. As you call on him and believe and start walking with him, you become a child of the living God, a child of not of works, a child of promise. Oh, Lord, my God, I pray that you would make it so in us this day. And Lord, we thank you that we do have the same spirit of faith. We have faith for salvation. We have faith for healing because you've given us the spirit of faith that we may complete our callings and bring you glory and honor and that we might fulfill the number of our days in life and health to complete our race and bring your glory Until our race is complete, may you receive all the praise and glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Senhor, eu vejo o mundo triste, atribulado pela ação de Satanás. Clamando no Correndo e olhando para trás 